Good evening, good evening to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why? Because God is great. And listen, y'all, he's greatly to be praised. So good to see you all on this evening. So happy that you are joining us this evening for our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to gather again and to get into God's word, to know how to get into God's word, to study how to be a good student of God's holy word. And so, you know what we need you to do. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors, share this with your friends, be a good digital disciple and let your neighbors, your friends, your associates, your cousins, uh, grandma and them and everybody else, <laughs> let them know uh, that you're watching Chapel Live right now and you're inviting them uh, to share with us in this great study. I pray that these uh, first few studies have been impactful in your uh, time in studying the word. I pray that you've already sensed um, uh, with new eyes and new lenses uh, how God's word is a living word and how uh, you can better interpret it, how you can better understand it. And God doesn't want it to be a mystery to you, but he wants it to be uh, the revealed word living in your heart and living in your soul. So we're grateful uh, to be able to share with you tools and techniques and tips that you can use to make uh, your Bible study and Bible reading time more impactful. Uh, and so we, we're, we're grateful for this time that we share together. Listen, while you're inviting your neighbors and your friends, why don't we go ahead and see who we got in the room with us on tonight. Faye Foster is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Foster. We thank God for you. Barbara Hurd is here. God bless you, Sister Hurd. Good to see you on this evening. Sister Catchings is with us as well. God bless you, Sister Catchings. Good to see you. Josephine Cole is with us. God bless you, Sister Cole. Thank God for you, one of our good ushers. Elvira, Elvira is here. God bless you. Good to see you, Elvira. We thank God for you, Sister uh, Brother Ward. God bless you, Brother Ward. Good to see you. Amen. I believe my, my screen is, 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 a, is a bit smaller than it normally is. So I'm, let me try to enlarge this so I can see better. Uh, Beverly Johnson, that's a little bit better. Beverly Johnson, God bless you. Good to see you uh, on this evening as well. We thank God for you. Audrey Samuels is with us on this evening. We thank God for you. Amen. Linda Wilson is with us. Uh, one of our distant members, we thank God for you. Thank God that you were able to visit with us this weekend as well. Eugene Giles, amen. Best friend of the late brother, Deacon Claude Wilson, amen. Good to have you with us. Blessings from Greenville, South Carolina. We thank God for you. God bless you. One of our, one of our good deacons, he was a great saint and uh, gone on to be with the Lord, but we thank God for his service here and thank God that you're with us. Sister Clark is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Clark. We thank God for you. Sister Butler, amen. New members orientation is represented. Amen. Good to see you on tonight. Stephanie Sutton Johnson, God bless you. Waymaker, I hear you. Good, good evening. Good to see you on this evening. Sister Norwood, one of our ushers, God bless you. Listen, go ahead. Share it, continue to share it, continue to share it with your neighbors, your friends. Let us know if you're watching by way of YouTube, if you're watching by way of Facebook or Instagram. Perhaps you're also on the K Chapel app. However, you are connecting with us, let us know how you're connecting with us. Let us also know where you're connecting from. We already saw Alabama is represented, South Carolina is represented. Uh, we thank God for all of you being here on tonight. Listen, and also, uh, how did you fare through the weather? Yeah, look, Sister Butler, just put it on there. Hope you all fared through the weather, the rainy day. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was a rainy day today. And I 
think I heard that there's some more uh, weather on the way. So you all be careful out there. Uh, be safe. Uh, make sure that uh, you're getting what you need to get done, hopefully earlier in the day so you're not, not out at night uh, in the rain. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, we're going to go ahead and get a prayer in and uh, we're going to get into the word. Uh, again, we thank you for sharing with us. Let's see, YouTube family. Yeah, if you're on YouTube, we thank God for you. I think YouTube can uh, um, uh, can can write in too. I believe they can. At least somebody told me you could. So if, if you're on YouTube and you can comment, go ahead and comment and let us know you can comment as well. Amen. Listen, let's pray. Father in heaven, we bless you and we thank you for this day. We thank you, oh God, for this time together. And Lord, we pray now that you bless this moment of study. We pray, oh God, that you continue to open our eyes that we might better understand your word. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what you're going to do. We bless you and we receive it now in anticipation uh, of you speaking to our hearts. Grant it now in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Listen, let me remind you before we get started, this coming Sunday is our fourth Sunday. On fourth Sunday, every fourth Sunday, you know that uh, we allow our youth and uh, to lead us in the worship service. So every fourth Sunday is Youth Sunday for us. That's right, every fourth Sunday. Uh, so we started out the year by challenging our parents as well as our grandparents. If you got a young person in your house or a young person who visits you uh, and they're, they're not coming to church regularly, listen, make it your business. Bring that child to church with you. Get them involved in the wonderful things that are happening in our youth ministry. Uh, we want children to 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 really uh, understand who the Lord is and really build up their faith and have a strong spiritual foundation. And the only way they can do that is if you bring them. Many of them are not driving yet, but you can bring them. So make sure you bring your children. Uh, fill up this choir stand. Fill up our our um, Sunday schools once again. Uh, and let's let's make sure that we are training up our children in the way that sh they should go because this fourth Sunday. It is Youth Sunday. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, listen, let's get let's get back into our study. Let's get back into our study. Uh, we have been talking about uh, how to study the Bible. Uh, and on last week, on last week, I shared with you, I shared with you some tools and some tips uh, for how uh, to correctly uh, apply the scripture, right? Um, we talked about uh, this acronym SPECS, S-P-E-C-S. Um, and I wonder who can tell me what the, that acronym stands for. If you get it, uh, what does that acronym stand for? S-P-E-C-S. While you're putting it in uh, the chat, we're going to keep moving along. I am, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> My, um, oh goodness. Where is my, okay, here we go, here we go. All right, all right, we're, we're getting there, folks. Excuse me one second. I needed to make sure my study notes didn't get lost, amen. All right, uh, so S-P-E-C-S, uh, remember that acronym from, from last week? We said that uh, those, those letters stand for something. Uh, and if you can go ahead and put it in the chat, I wanna see if you remember, who remembers, uh, what that stands for. How about I move this over here so I can stop trying to, 
I apologize, people. <laughs> Let's get this situated once and for all. All right. All right. I think that will do it. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. SPECS. We got it now. SPEC. Yes. Okay. Linda Wilson has it. Uh, sin to confess, promise to claim, example to follow, command to obey, a situation to avoid. Gold star for Linda Wilson. Amen. Gold star. You got it. Yeah. Um, and so we we talked about we talked about if you use if you use or put on your specs um, that you might be able to better apply the scriptures as you look at. Uh, uh, the scriptures in order to apply it to your life. What is the scripture saying to you, right? Is the scripture giving you a sin to confess, a promise to claim, an example to follow, a command to obey, or a situation to avoid? Now that's that's the application part of reading scripture. That's That's how you get to the place of what does this mean to me, right? What does this say to me? In order to know what, what God is saying to you, these, this is a method that you can use. These are questions that you can ask, right? I want to go back. I want to go back. Um, and we talked about observation, interpretation, and application. Last week was application. I want to go back for a minute to observation because I want to set up this kind of, um, I want to give you a visual. Is that okay? I'm going to give you a visual for how to think about your Bible study time, your Bible reading time. If you've ever been on a plane, you ever flown over um, uh, land masses in a plane, uh, usually cruising altitude for the large uh, jets, uh, jumbo jets is about 30,000 feet, right? And about 30,000 feet, if you're 30,000 feet in the air, that's about six miles up. If you're 30,000 feet in the air, you're seeing the big picture of things, right? You're seeing water. You're seeing land masses. You may see mountain ridges, right? You may see, uh, if, if you're over flat land, you may see that it's just, just land, but you can't really tell where you are. You can't make out any structures or anything like that. You're, it's just the big picture. You know you're flying over water, or you know you're flying over land, or you know uh, that you're flying over mountains. That's the 30,000-foot view, okay? I want to use that analogy. I want you to think about that when it comes to uh, this, this thing that we call the observation of the text, right? When we're talking about observation or, or what do I see, right? What do I see in observation? That's the 30,000 foot view. That's way up in the sky looking down on the text. And so you're just going to see the big picture of things, right? Um, you're going you're gonna to see. And, and so uh, at the 30,000 foot view, there's some questions that I shared with you. These are the who, what, where, when, why questions, right? Um, these are the questions that you're asking just to get the general overview of what it is that you're reading. So any text that you're coming to in the Bible, any text that you're, any passage that you're reading, your first flyover that text, your first reading over that text is your 30,000 foot reading, your 30,000 foot view. It's the big picture, right? You're, you're not drilling down on anything now, you're just getting 
what is the overview of this passage, right? So these are the who, what, where, when, and why questions. Under the who questions, at this 30,000-foot view, you, you want to ask who is the writer? Who is the writer? These are the who questions. Who is the writer? Who is the audience? And who are the people involved in the text? These are your who, and I know, I know, listen, I know you got your journals. I hope you got your journals. We're going to put this up perhaps later on uh, too, so you can, you can um, uh, pull it and, and make sure you have these study notes with you. But for now, uh, go ahead and write it because writing is a good way to, to make sure you, you know, you, you get what's being said, not, not just reading it, but writing it as well. So at the 30,000 foot view, your who questions are, who's writing this text? Who is the writer of this of this book, of this pattern. You know, there's 66 books of the Bible, right? Who's writing this book? Who is the audience? To whom is this book being written, right? And who are the people involved in the text? That's your first set of who questions. Who is the writer? Who is the audience? Who are the people involved in the text? This is, again, your 30,000-foot view, right? Who is the writer? Is this, is this written by David? Is this a psalm written by David? Is this an epistle written by Paul? Is this a gospel written by Luke? Is this a prophetic book written by Malachi? Is this a historical narrative? Who's the writer of this text? Is, is this wisdom written by Solomon? Who is the writer? Is this the law written by Moses? Who's the writer, right? Who is the audience? Is this a letter being sent to a church? The church of Coloss? The church of Ephesus? Is this a letter being sent to an individual? Uh, um, uh, such as uh, Philemon? Um, what what is the nature who is the audience and then who are the people involved in the text right who who does this involve does this involve does this involve um uh i don't know does this involve the sanhedrin council does this involve the pharisees does this involve the hebrew people as slaves does this involve pharaoh who who's involved in the text Again, this is your 30,000-foot view, folks. You're just trying to get the big picture, right? At this 30,000-foot view, you're also asking what questions? Who questions, but also what questions? Your what questions include what's happening, what's happening in the text, right? What, what's being said in the text? Um, um, is, okay, if, if, if it's poetry, is this a prayer? Is this a song? Is this a poem? What, what is this? Is this a hymn that, that David has penned? Is this a prayer that a psalmist is praying or, or Jehoshaphat in the, the text that we read a few weeks ago? Is this a complaint that, that, that Job is issuing up? Oh, I wish that I might find thee. All right, where are you, God? Is it, is it a dialogue between uh, two people, Jesus and the woman at the well? As he is talking to her, she came for water and Jesus engages her in a theological discussion. 
Is it a song? Is it a parable that Jesus tells? The parable of the the prodigal son. What's being said, right? What's happening in the text, and what's being said? So you got your who questions. You got your what questions. Also under what? What style of literature is it? We've been talking about that already, right? And we're gonna we're gonna drill down a little bit later in a couple of weeks, actually. And y'all, twenty eight days is coming. I want you to get ready for that. Remember, twenty eight days in February. We're, we're gonna we're gonna drill down and study real good on how to study the Bible all throughout the month of February. Okay, so get ready for that, y'all. So we got who questions. You got what questions. You have when questions. You have when questions. Again, at thirty thousand feet, you. You're trying to get the big picture. When is this happening in the text? Are there any clues about when this action is taking place, right? Is there any time reference that's given to, to kind of let you know, to kind of cue you in to what's going on? For instance, you'll you get key words um, sometimes in, in passages of scripture. You'll get a cue or a key phrase like, and it came to pass, right? Um, um, during the month of, uh, or or during the course of time, or during the feast of whatever, the feast of, of unleavened bread or the feast of the Passover. Uh, and so all of these are indicators of a time of year. For instance, uh, Isaiah. Isaiah gives, um, uh, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, right? It's referencing a time. And so sometimes scripture will give you little cues about what time of year it is or what season it is or what's taking place historically so you can better ground uh, your, your, your reading of that text. Sometimes, uh, for instance, if we take that, that text that I just referenced of Isaiah in the year that King Uzziah died, right? Um, uh, that 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 particular passage helps to locate, right? Because he's saying in that same year I also saw the Lord, right? In the year that he died, I saw the Lord. So 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 look for again, look for little notes like that. Look for little keys like that. Cues that will cue you in as to what what's going on historically. Perhaps what's going on politically, socially, because this is, y'all, listen, the word of God is not written in a vacuum. The word of God is written in, in historical time. So things are taking place. Wars are being fought. Movements are being had. Um, um, storms are, are taking place. Um, there, 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 there are things that are happening astronomically. Right. And so and so use that to your advantage to kind of zero in on what's happening in the text. OK, so we got the who, we got the what, we got the uh, when there are there are also where questions to ask. At 30,000 feet, right, 30,000 feet. Are there any cities, landmarks, structures, bodies of water, mountains, or regions that are mentioned in the text? Right. So if 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 the text talks about Mount Sinai, that's locating you. It's bringing you to a place. 
if it talks about the 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 planes uh, of of Ingeti or the 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 uh, Sea of Galilee or or or, or the Lake of Gennesaret, uh, right? It's locating you. The, the Dead Sea. It's locating you. Um, um, and so you're looking for anything that can help again to bring uh, your 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 to zero in on what's happening in that text. And the text talks to you. It gives you these clues over and over again, but you've got to ask the right questions. Who's doing the writing? What's taking place? Where is it happening? When, what time of year is it going on? And then finally, two other things. To, under why, you've got some why questions. Are there any indications about why things are being said or done in a particular way? Why questions? This, this, this is, again, last, last week we talked about um, prescriptive versus descriptive passages. Uh, descriptive passages sort of describe what happens in a text. Uh, prescriptive uh, uh, is, is not only describing a way of doing things, but it's, it's actually telling you this is how you do it, right? And so are there any indications about why things are being said or done in a particular way in that text that you're reading? Um, um, uh, uh, let's, let's, uh, for instance, in, um, Genesis where, where, where Abraham is, is, um, ha he has a vision, he has a dream, um, and, and the Lord, uh, in that vision, there are animals that have been split in two, right? Um, and, and here is Abraham discovering that God is entering into covenant with him as as foreign nations enter into covenant with each other because that was a particular practice that took place when a foreign nation a, a, a weaker nation was uh, coming into relationship with a more powerful nation uh for its protection then there would be this ritual of 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 splitting animals in in halves and the two kings of those two countries would would walk in the middle of those animal carcasses, one half of the carcass on one side, the other carcass on the other side, and the kings walking between those, those split carcasses. And in Abraham's vision, he sees split carcasses, but he's not walking through, but yet there's this, this, this furnace of flame that's walking through, that's moving through. And when he awakes, he understands that God the eternal being, the eternal God has, has made a covenant with him as the, as the stronger, watch this, the one who's going to provide protection to Abraham, right? And so it, it's prescribed, it's, it's showing you the way things were done. It's showing you how, how treaties or covenants were made, right? Uh, so why? Sometimes why are things done the way they are? And then how? Are there explanations about the prescribed way that things are being done? Right. It, that was that was the why, and then that's the how. Jesus, Jesus. Um, um, oh, let, let's just let's just use uh, the washing of feet. Let's just use that. Right. He, he when he's when he's um, finished with uh, the meal, and he he takes a towel uh, that he's girded himself with, and he begins washing the disciples' feet. 
and and he says to them you know as you've seen me do do this serve one another as i've served you right and so it's it's both actually that one might be used as both both a description and a prescription uh it, it's describing and prescribing that we ought to be servants of one another so that's your 30,000 foot view right that's your that's your big picture overview of any text that you're reading you're asking the who what where when why and how questions that gives you the big picture right moving from that moving from that is what i want to get into tonight and that is i want to drill down just a bit more because i didn't do it last time on interpretation and the reason i want to spend a little bit more time on interpretation is because quite frankly this is the space where things get tricky this is the space it's in interpretation where things get tricky and sometimes get off track um and it and it all depends remember we talked about your approach right how do you approach the text okay um and let me say this let me go ahead and say this we we and it's not bad because we you know we all want to know what the bible means for us today right if we're going to read an ancient text then we don't want it to just be ancient we want it to be applicable right we don't want it to just be ancient we want it to have meaning to us today the challenge with that is if we are too quick to try to get to the application we may do damage in our interpretation right so what do i mean by that here's here's what i mean um in order to know what it means you have to know what it meant. If you don't, if you don't know exactly what it meant, you will mess up what it means. Are you hearing me? In other words, if 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 you're not really interpreting correctly what it meant during the time that it was written, to whom it was written how it was written, who wrote it, why it was written. If that part of it is messed up, then you'll jump to the wrong conclusions about what it means, right? And we all wanna, we all wanna get to that place of making sure and, 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 and having a word that's relevant, a word that, that speaks to me right now in my situation, right? And that's good. I, we all need that we need the word to be a living word and it is but you have to let the word say what it says otherwise we're practicing interpretive malpractice okay so two two words two words i want to give you two words i want to give you that that, that are going to kind of ground what we're talking about tonight 
the first word, the first word is exegesis. E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. Exegesis. You've probably heard me use it in, 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 in the pulpit at some point. Exegesis. Um, if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and put a put an asterisk by or a check mark by exegesis because that's the one that you want to do. You want to exegete a text. Okay. That's the good one. Okay. Exegesis is it it literally means to lead out of. And so leading out of is is to say that I'm reading this text and I'm allowing this text to tell me what it says. I'm allowing this text to tell me what it means. I'm allowing this text to speak for itself. That's exegesis. And the way you let a text speak for itself is by keeping it in its context. Exegesis is out of the text, you get meaning. Out of the text, you get understanding. Out of the text, you get interpretation. That's exegesis. That's the thumbs up one. That's the good one. You got it? Exegesis. So I want you to, I want you to exegete your text. I want when you when you read that text, I want you to be a good exegete of the text, to exegete that text, to 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 pull out of it what it says, because you have kept it in its proper context. All right. The second term, the second term sounds similar, but it's different. It's not exegesis. It's eisegesis. Eisegesis. E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S, eisegesis. Eisegesis is just the opposite of exegesis. Eisegesis, exegesis is to lead out of. Eisegesis is to lead into. So watch this. In exegesis, the text tells me what it says. In eisegesis, I'm talking to the text. And I'm bringing to the text my own interpretation, my own cultural bias, my own history, my own precepts, biases, whatever they are. I'm bringing that to the text. And because I bring that to the text, then the text says what I brought to it rather than it saying to me what it is. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So in eisegesis, in eisegesis, eisegesis is primarily um, uh, motivated by imagination. It, it's 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 your it's your own creativity, your own imagination. It's your own uh, exploration in in terms of I'm exploring scripture to to watch this to. Uh, pull from it um, support for my own doctrine, my own belief, my own thinking. And so if I believe one thing, then I'll just go through the scriptures and pull all of the passages together that support that belief. Right. So if if I believe, um, I don't know if I believe that um, um, 
that if if I believe in 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 baptism uh, by uh, by sprinkling or by whatever it is, then I'll go through and I'll find whatever passages I can find where 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 water was used uh, by dashing it. Or you see what I'm saying? It, I, I'm I'm not really looking at the whole of Scripture. I'm just looking at passages that will support my belief. That's eisegesis. That's eisegesis. And that's the thumb that thumbs down. I don't want you to eisegete. I want you to exegete. Because if you exegete and let the scripture say what it says, then you will know what it meant. And because you know what it meant, you can properly know what it means. You can properly apply it. Are we making sense? Anybody getting this? Anybody? I know I'm, I'm I know I'm giving you a lot. So let let me I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, great. We got great time. Let's do let me give you an example. Let me give you a good example of how to of of a text, of a text that we can both exegete or eisegete. Okay. Um second Corinthians, no, second chronicles. Second Chronicles. Go with me to Second Chronicles, chapter twenty-seven. I'm gonna show you how to do this. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty-seven. You got your study Bible? Hey, y'all! I told you, the Jeremiah Study Bible. That's that. I told you that's my favorite, right? Uh, I, I hope you've got your own study Bible. This one is mine. You see, it's kind of tattered and torn. That's a good thing. It means I use it. Amen. It means I use it. Um, but uh, Jeremiah Study Bible. Oh, and listen, listen. Uh, let me say this. Uh, Marshall Books. Marshall Books on Ferris Street. Marshall Books on Ferris Street. I was talking last week about uh, Dr. Leon Bell and his bookstore that we used to frequent. Um, uh, but listen, y'all, Marshall Books is still open. That's a Black-owned store. It has been open for, for, for years on Ferris Street. And so I'm sure... That if you go there, you can find a good study Bible. Tell them Pastor Buckley at K Chapel sent you Marshall books on Ferris Street. All right. Um, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter 27. Second Chronicles, chapter 27. Um, let's look at verse one. Okay. So let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say, um, I'm so I'm a preacher and I want to preach on or you're a teacher and you want to teach on, or you're speaking for something and 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 you're, you want to speak about, let's say you want to talk about or teach about or preach about, uh, whatever it is, you want to talk about um, uh, the need uh, to go to church, right? You want to talk about the need uh, for, 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 for children uh, to be in church, for young people to go to church, for young people to show up and be in church right right and so and so you run across you run across second chronicles chapter 27 verses one and two let's read it uh, jotham was and i'm reading this my version is the new king james version whichever i'll tell you what no no I, thank you Tia. I, yeah thank you you got it on the screen jotham was 20 and five years old when he began to reign and he reigned 16 years in jerusalem um, his mother's name also was 
Jurasha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit, he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. All right, that's enough right there. So, so okay, wait a minute. He did which was right. Okay, you got this young man, he's 25 years old. When he begins, uh, when he began to reign, he reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. So you got this young king, he's sitting on the throne. He reigns for 16 years. Text says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to what his father had done. The only difference was he did not enter into the temple of the Lord. There it is. I got it. Because if I keep reading, if I keep reading, go down to verse three, it says he built the high gate of the house of the Lord and on the wall of Ophel, uh, he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah and in the forest. He built castles and towers. Um, he fought also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them and the children of Ammon. I mean, so this guy is doing it, y'all. He's doing it, right? He, he's fighting and, and winning. He's building. He's he, 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 so much did. He says, verse, verse uh, uh, still in verse five, so much did the children of Ammon pay unto him both the second year and the third. So he, Jotham became mighty. Uh, it says he became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord, his God. The only problem, y'all, is it says he did not enter into the temple of the Lord. So, <clears throat> so from that, from that, I guess the, 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 the thing, the takeaway from that, from reading it just like that is, um, you know, you you can you can you can be successful and not go to church. Um, and and there's going to be a problem, you know, you know. He, here's this guy doing all this good stuff, uh, but he didn't have. If I'm isogeting it now, if I'm isogeting it, here's a guy who's got all this stuff. The Lord is blessing him, but he didn't go to church. What was what's what's wrong? What's wrong with he 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 did all of this, uh, but but he did not go into the temple of the Lord, right? And 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 there's something wrong. This is me isogeting now. Is something wrong if the Lord's blessing you and you're not going to church? Is something wrong if God is 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 allowing you to to build and to to grow and to win wars and and you don't even have uh, enough gumption to get up and give God his praise. Something wrong, right? Now that's me isogeting the text. I'm reading into it, right? Because if you're going to exegete it, you got to keep the text in its context. If you go back to chapter 26, Okay, if you go back to chapter 26, just the previous chapter, you will discover who Uzziah is, his father, and what Uzziah did. Yes, he went into the temple, but it was a problem with him going into the temple. 
when Uzziah went into the temple, he went in performing in the function of a priest. Right? It, so, so let's see. Uh, here we go. Look down at 26, verse 16. 26, verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You, you shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest and all the priests looked at him and there on his forehead, he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he, indeed, he also heard to get out because the Lord had struck him. So when Jotham when it says Jotham didn't go into the temple like his daddy did, y'all, that's actually a good thing. But if I didn't keep it in its context, I've eisegeted it and made it a bad thing. You see? You see the danger? If, if you come to it with your presupposition, you're trying to prove something, you're just looking for a text to prove what it is that you're out to prove, and you pull that text out, here it is. This boy didn't go to church and the Lord was blessing him. What what kind of poor? He's a poor, he's a poor king, a poor guy that didn't go to church. No, he didn't do what his daddy did because his daddy messed up. Oh God, are y'all getting this? I hope. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So which one do you want to do? Do you want to exegete or do you want to eisegete? I hope you already got that answer. I hope you got that answer. You want to exegete a text. You want to let that text say what it says. And in order for you, in order for the text to say what it says, you oftentimes have to read what's before that passage and what's after that passage. That's keeping the text in its context, the passages before it and the passages after it. Otherwise, you're pulling it out of its context. Okay? Are y'all with me? All right. So, so, so that's an example of how to exegete a text, how to properly exegete a text, to go back and see what's said before that. Okay? Otherwise, you're going to you're going to practice interpretive malpractice, all right? Um, another example, immediate context. Um, if, let me give you one more. This is a real quick one. Philippians 4 and 13. Philippians 4 and 13. Uh, you already know it. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? We know that passage. We use it all the time. Uh, we hear it in, 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 in during baccalaureate service because young people say that's my favorite scripture and bless their hearts. I'm glad it is your favorite scripture. 
but please understand, please understand, young people, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is not about you achieving your biggest goals in life. That's not what that passage is about. I don't want to, I don't want to mess up your, I don't want to burst your bubble, but folks, let's correctly exegete the text, right? Because if you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? And you decide you want to fight Mike Tyson, even at 55 years old, Mike Tyson is going to whoop you. I'm sorry. Have you seen him? That dude is still built, right? You can't beat him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't beat him. Not, no. Yeah, you can't do it. I can't do all of it. That text is about, y'all, that text is about, Paul, if you go back up, one scripture before, remember he's saying, uh, I've learned in all things to be content. I've learned to be content in all things whatsoever I am to be content. I've learned both how to be abased and how to abound, right? So Paul is saying, I, I, can, I can go through any situation in life knowing that God is, God is going to bless me through it. I can do all things through Christ. I can, I can endure all situations through Christ. I can go with or without through Christ, who gives me strength, okay? So again, that's keeping it in its context. Let me say this, again, how do you study? The, the Jeremiah Study Bible and whatever study Bible you have, any good study Bible, if you look at the beginning, if you're, if you're reading, since I was in Second Chronicles just now, um, if you go to the beginning of the book that you're reading, you're going to see, you're going to see an overview of that book. You're going to see a synopsis of that book, right? Read the synopsis. That's what it's there for. That's why you got a study Bible. So you can get grounded in what's happening in that book. In your study Bible, there's going to be an overview of that book. It's going to help you to locate get situated in the time get situated in the in the sociology of that text in the in the politics of that text in in the history of that text it's going to situate you so you know who's writing it you know what's being what it's about where it is located chronologically in the in the in the timeline of the bible right so read again this is how you study the bible y'all okay read the overview because it's going to better help you get that 30,000 foot view as you pass over that text. Interpreting the text is what I call that 10,000 foot view. If you're in a plane and you go to 10,000 feet, you drop down to 10,000 feet, what you'll notice is you'll start to see, you'll start to be able to make out roadways, you'll see highways, you'll see roads, you'll see farmland, you'll see city land. You can tell that you're, uh, you know, uh, uh, flying over rural, a rural area versus a cosmopolitan area at 10,000 feet. You can see that. You can see city lights at 10,000 feet versus just a dark canvas, right? You can see that. That's what you're interpreting. Interpreting, you're dropping down to 10,000 feet. You're going from the big you're going from the big just mountain ranges and water and land masses. Now you're coming down to seeing what's what's really there, right? 
and you're asking yourself some questions about who the people are, what is the context of this of this verse? Also, what are the culture and the customs in this context? I told you last week, and I'm sorry, I told you last week I was going to share with you uh, some of my other tools. Now, listen, you don't have to get any of these because if you've got a good study Bible, um, a lot of this is in there. Uh, but these are some tools that I've just used over the years uh, that just really enrich um, uh, Bible study time. A really good Bible dictionary. You got a good Bible dictionary. Let me try to get the light off of that. Okay, I think that's it. Uh, this is the Richards Complete Bible Dictionary. But any term that you come across that is unfamiliar, right? You you read a word and you don't know what that is. You look at it's a dictionary, but it's a Bible dictionary. It's going to give you the, the the meaning of that word. Oftentimes, it's going to give you the the etymology of that word or the the uh, the, the language that the original language that it was written in. But it's also going to share with you uh, something of the culture or, or or the customs associated with that word. So a good Bible dictionary is good. Again, and this is a, another one. It's it's um, uh, manners and customs. Uh, it, it will explain to you some of the customs, some of the traditions, some of the rituals uh, that 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 took place during during the time that you're reading about. Uh, and then lastly, this one I love. Uh, it's the Holman uh, Book of Biblical Charts, and this is it, what it does: is it allows you to really just look at uh, whatever it is you're studying. It gives a, a great a chart uh, that that allows you to see in comparison to uh, other passages of scripture. So for instance, if you are uh, looking at a passage in the gospels, uh, you can quickly see where it, it's located in, in another gospel. You can quickly cross-reference it to uh, other passages in the Old Testament, if it's referenced back in the Old Testament. Um, if you're looking at money, um, if you're looking at, for instance, when Jesus tells the story about the, the talents, uh, you don't know what a talent is or how much a talent was worth. Th this is the kind of book that, that that gives you that, and then you can compare it to uh, what what that compares to in in U.S. money versus um, uh, Roman money versus. So so it's all of that. It's all of that. It, and again, these are just tools to help you drill down. You don't have to get any of that. A good study Bible is going to be where you want to start. Okay, and if you got that, you've already got what you need uh, to begin. My goodness. It is 7.57 already, y'all. I'm out of time. I am out of time. But guess what? Next time we meet, let's see. Next time we meet, give me just a second. Let me make sure I'm not speaking out of turn here. Okay. Next Wednesday is the 31st. Um, we will begin 28 days. So you know it's a leap year this year, which means it's 29 days, right? Um, but I think, I think we may actually start 28 days on the 31st, which is which will be next Wednesday. So look for an announcement this Sunday. I'll I'll, I'll verify that. Um, because I, I think we've got a 30-day devotional that we're going to work towards. And since 
Uh, this year is 29 days in February. Uh, we, we could tack on one more day. Um, uh, and, and it's going to be a great time in studying, in, again, deepening how we study the word of God. Uh, let me ask you to do this now. Go ahead and do this now because you're going to need this for 28 days. And TA, you can help me with this. I'm sorry I didn't mention it to you before, uh, but I think you can find it. The, the information on Right Now Media, uh, if you can pull that, that, that information up, you're going to need your Right Now Media accounts for 28 days. Okay. So I need you, if you don't have, uh, if you have not, if you've never signed up for Right Now Media, Remember, it's a free gift to every member of K Chapel. Every member of K Chapel has access to Right Now Media, and so if you go on to our website, uh, you can you can click on that uh, that link. Uh, thank you, TA. Thank you, sir. Uh, you can click onto that link. Um, it's a free gift. It's on our website, and also if you can make it available uh, in the chat, make sure you get that because you're going to need that for our 28 days. It, it's going to be a video-based um, devotional this year. And uh, we'll be using Right Now Media to have that, to have our devotional uh, that way. So go ahead and get it now because I don't want you left behind uh, when we begin our 28 days. Go ahead and get it now. If you don't know how to get it and you got a neighbor who's gotten it, let your neighbor help you. I need neighbors. If you got it and you know somebody doesn't have it, go and help them get it now. It's real easy, but if you haven't done it, uh, help walk them through it. It's real easy to do. Uh, go to the website, go to the K Chapel website, get LinkedIn right now because you're going to need it for our 28 days. Okay. All right. God bless you. We love you. We will see you on Sunday. It's youth Sunday. Bring a child to church, bring a young person to church. Let's worship the Lord together. We'll see you on Sunday.